Good morning, St. Michael's. Please stand. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to come before you to praise your name. Thank you for the life that you've given us through your Son. Lord, as we lift our hands in praise this morning, I pray that you fill this place with your glory and your splendor, Lord. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. You are Oh 
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be His kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. The Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen.
Pray together the collect. Let us pray. O great King of Kings, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven for the sanctity of all human life. You have said that your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Where there is unrighteousness, let righteousness come to bear. Where there is hostility, cause your peace to reign supreme. And where there is sorrow, bring joy in the hearts of the people. Lead us into your unshakable and everlasting kingdom, in which you reign forever and ever, that truly the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the children. All right. Come on up. <laughs> now is your moment. <laughs> Yay. It is the army of the Lord. I am so glad to see all of you today. You look great. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless each and every one of these children as they to hear your word, that you would fill your, their hearts with your love and with your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our first lesson for this morning comes from uh, Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, 
over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The word of the Lord. Please stand. This morning's psalm is Psalm 2, and we'll say it responsively by the half verse. Why do the nations rage? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. Let us break their bonds in pieces. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath. Yet I have set my king. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. Ask of me, and I will give the nations for your inheritance. You shall break them with a rod of iron. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Serve the Lord with fear. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This morning's second lesson comes from Romans, chapter 8, beginning at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written... For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? 
Then Jesus called the little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord. Well, hey, good morning. Today we are celebrating the feast of our Lord and the giver of life, which is, um, you know, it's a very important, important part of who we are, both as St. Michael's and as the charismatic Episcopal Church. It, it is a part of our DNA, let's say. And um, let me explain. Uh, this is the Sunday that is close to when, back in 1973, the Supreme Court threw out state law for abortion and made it a national thing, which which uh, was bad. And uh, so that's why it is this Sunday, but it's also because of who we are at St. Michael's and who we are as a part of the CDC. Archbishop Bates says that we are a pro-life church. We are not a church that is pro-life or a church that has a pro-life ministry. It is, it is a part of who we are. And one of the reasons for that is because of who we are here at St. Michael's. That the charismatic Episcopal Church itself was, began here in this parish and really came out of what what we were doing here a long time ago. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math on this, right? Because it was uh, 1989, 1989 to 1990. So what is that, 30-plus years, 30-plus years. So all you young people out there, you have to ask somebody who's old to say, what happened? I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Uh, there, there are many of us around here who uh, who were there. Um, I think for a long time, the byword was Sixth and Westmoreland, which was a particular. <laughs> Sam knows <laughs> it was an event. It was a moment, and this church, following the lead of the Holy Spirit, entered into what was going on uh, in many places around the country called Operation Rescue. Many of you have heard that. Maybe. Maybe it's in your history books. Maybe it isn't. But it was people, normal, ordinary people, going to abortion clinics and sitting down in the doorway and blocking the path, saying, wait, don't do this, don't go there, followed by police coming in and arresting people and hauling them off to jail, sometimes beating them on the way. And um, that was that was our experience. And part of our experience in that whole process was, you know, as God is leading us and showing us there, God led us into that and said, be a part of it. And in, and in Southern California, in Orange County and L.A. and San Diego, it was pastor's rescue. And it was led by clergymen 
And, and I will tell you, there were a lot of people that you see around here that were involved as a part of that pastor's council, as a part of operations, logistics, intelligence, you know, so we had a, we had a bit of a military mindset. So we organized accordingly and acted it out. And, and, uh, it was, it was quite an adventure. And, and there were many experiences of our people in, in the jail that were, um, kind of eye opening as God had been speaking to us. This is a church, you know, we, we were from the very beginnings, uh, we want to be a church like the church in Acts. And so we would go to such extremes as we would actually read those people that were there and see what they said, right? Looking at the ancient fathers and saying, what is the real history of this church? And we had this experience there where God was opening our eyes to see that the what I would say is the historical sacramental church churches and traditions, say Catholic and Orthodox, that there was something different about them and was um, real and important. And that's, that is a part of that, you know, um, God can speak to you in many powerful ways when you're in jail. <laughs> I have your attention now. Listen to this. Oh, what you're saying, God, is that liturgy and sacraments and vestments are a part of your way of right worship, that we can come to your table and believe that we can receive your body and your blood here. Beats going to jail. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> and that, that's, that's a funny way of looking at it, but it was, it was uh, eyes were opened and we were able to see things that were important. And, and it was... After that, that we began making the the steps toward becoming a denomination, and as we did that, many people around this country and then around the world found out who we were and what we were doing, and said, you know, God is leading me in that direction too, and, and coming in and being a part of this. And it was a, you know, we were a Bible believing, Bible preaching, charismatic local fellowship that said we need to be sacramental and that was what God was doing here and moving in us and all of that came out of the fact that we were willing to say that it is wrong to abort children and and it is right it's it's like an objective reality. It's just wrong. And there's nothing that you can say about it to change it. There is such a thing in this world as objective morality. It's not what you say or what you think or what you do. It's just real. And it's there. And people know, no matter what they say, they know that that's true. Now, there's, um, there's some things I want to say about this that are about the idea or, you know, the, the abstract of what we're talking about in terms of abortion. But there's also something very important about this whole subject that is very personal and real to individual people, and that matters. 
But as we begin, let me talk about this idea, and that is that we know, we know objectively, we know from Scripture and from Revelation that it's not to be done. It's bad and it's wrong. God alone gives life, and that life is precious, and no one ought to take that away. Right? Uh, and, and because it's true, and because it's real, when people are involved in any way in abortion, it causes harm to them. It is a wound in their soul. It creates scars. It creates brokenness. It, it is a, uh, its impact is not just in the child. It's in the mother. It's in the nurses. It's in the doctors. It's in the proponents of it. There is a loss that they suffer and a burden that they carry, whether they want to or not, whether they recognize it or not. No matter what, however you may claim otherwise, it's because it is objectively morally wrong that you cannot, you cannot walk away unscathed. It's the nature of reality. Now, <coughs> excuse me. The world we live in is confused about whether or not there is even such a thing as right or wrong. Uh, in the place we live in Southern California, we want to even not ask the question. We want to entertain ourselves endlessly so that there's never a pause or a moment where we have to stop and reflect, is this wrong? Am I doing okay? <laughs> uh, there, was a, there was a book, a famous book years ago. It was called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Uh, You'll put a fun, fun, fun read <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. But you got the idea, right? And that's, that's Southern California. I said before, we live in the shadow of Hollywood, metaphorically and almost literally. And it casts a shadow about blurring the lines between what's right and what's wrong. And it, how would they know? How would they know? How would... Our Hollywood uh, peers know the difference between right and wrong. Where are they going to go to find out? And it's the same with the government and with the universities and with, you know, our big, big contention these last two years has been with COVID and with lockdowns and our government and our science and they're all giving, giving orders. Things will be fine if only you will follow these rules. But how do they know the difference between right and wrong? They have nowhere to go, nowhere to look to hear that except us. Because it is a place of the church to be able to hear from God what the truth is and to speak it to them so that they can hear and they can follow. And I mention that because we have, uh, we have, we have things for you today where this is the feast of our Lord and giver of life. And it's also an opportunity for us, we take once a year to make donations to this group called CEC for Life. And they are out in the world making our voice heard, saying this is right, this is wrong. Because they got nowhere else to go except the church. So I hope you'll, I hope you'll take a look at that. We'll talk about that later in announcements. But now is our chance every year 
This is, this is where you can make your voice heard beyond what you're doing already, is to help our people. Their father, Terry Ginsimer, uh what's the name of the Sarah? Sarah Neely. Sarah Neely. People we know, people that are part of us, a lot of our friends here know and participate in that. So, so uh, pay attention to that. Do that. There's also prayers, right, for the week. I hope you will join me in praying for life and for this group. They've got to hear from us. The world. In fact, in fact, when we back in the back in the day, when the old timers stepped out into pastor's rescue, our purpose was to make our voice heard. It was a prophetic witness to stand up and say in the world, this is wrong, stop, don't do this. That was our purpose. And God, through our faithfulness to be arrested and beaten, have all that fun, (laughs) uh, graced us with, with this idea of sacrament, idea of sacrament, which hopefully we'll come back to here because I have have something more to say about that too, right? Now, this is is one of the things too, and I talk about the world, and it's a little messed up, so that uh, in certain circles, if you are unvaxxed, you are a (laughs) non-person. Well, that's weird. Um, or, Or if you wear a mask... You're a sheep. Um, people, because they're human beings, make these kind of blunders. Uh, I think of the, the story of the guy praying. You know, there's two guys praying, and Jesus asks a question, who walks away justified from his prayers? And the one guy is saying, and they point him out, they say he's a publican, whatever that is, it was bad. Not a Republican, but a publican. Everybody knew he was bad. He said, I'm bad. God, I'm a terrible person. Please forgive me. And um, uh, everybody thought and heard, yeah, you are, and you need it. And then there was the other guy, a religious leader or some other leader, some pillar of virtue saying, oh, God, I'm so glad I'm not like that guy. (laughs) Right? It doesn't help him one bit. And the question was, who do you think walked away forgiven? Well, it was a guy saying, oh, God, I'm bad. Um, we, can, we can vilify people that are other than us and say they're not human. Back in 1989, when we were s- sitting outside of 6 North Moreland, the clinic there, um, there were people standing next to me and behaving in such a way as that I interpreted that to mean that they did not consider me a human being. <laughs> they were wacko. Uh, and it's easy to get there. And it would be easy for me to look at that guy and say, wow, he's not human. But that wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right. So when we talk about abortion, one of the things that we have to do is we have to remember the humanity of everybody involved. And in fact, one of the things I think about is that uh, the way the way that the idea of abortion, but worse yet than that, the actual practice of abortion has become so commonplace and, and um, spoken of in an inappropriate way to make it seem like it's okay, has, uh, has had, I would guess, that 
it's influenced our friends and our families and the people around us far more than we are aware. And there is a necessary grace that we need to have toward everyone who is involved. And that's why I say at the beginning, no matter what you think, because it is objectively morally wrong, whoever is pulled in to participate in that in any way suffers harm. They are hurt. Um, and they need care and they need rescue. And that's kind of why I want to talk about it from a, from a kind of a personal nature as well, because we've got a... We're living in the world and we want to rescue people from hell and death. And that's what we're talking about here. Real people with broken hearts. We sang about broken hearts this morning. He heals the brokenhearted. Yes, that's what God does. That's our business in the world, to be participants in that. And I want to, I want to um, mention, as briefly as I can... Uh, the story of the Samaritan woman, because I talk about it all the time, right? I get sucked into that story. It's absolutely fascinating to me. And I trust that you're very familiar with it so that I don't have to go into all the details. The story of the Samaritan woman at the well. And I want to call out some just some things about that story. Um, one of the things that I've read recently is that Theologians look at that story and say that woman is a stand-in or a metaphor or a, 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 a picture of who we are as the church. She's like us. She's like us, the church, and she's like us, the individual. And she comes to this well broken. But I will tell you, you know, and I've told you this before, she's not broken in the sense that she's dragging herself around and weeping every day. She's going about her business. She's become very practical, um, very realistic about her situation. We know what it is. She's been married five times, and she's living with a guy right now who's not her husband. That's her situation as she comes to the well. We find that out in the story, but we know it now. She comes to the well when nobody's there because it's just more convenient. Not having to deal with the looks and everything else going on. Now, it's like, it's like somebody who's been wounded and they walk with a limp. You can learn to walk with a limp, but you still have a limp, right? The wound is still there. You've still got something going on. It may look like she's fine because she's making do. You could guess, and I guess all the time, that she didn't aspire to this life. She aspired to something different and something better. When she got married the first time, she thought it would be the last time. But it wasn't. Something got broken. And she was left with the pieces. And has figured out a way, maybe not a good way, to figure that out. And the thing about that, when I think about it, is that it's... Um, It's like all of us in something. There's something in us. There's, it's, it's kind of a, a rule of life that whatever it is that you imagine yourself to be, and I mean, I mean the good stuff, right? It's like I know you can look at yourself and say, oh, man, I'm worthless. I'm terrible. But the reason you say that is because you imagine yourself as not worthless, worthless and not terrible. 
you imagine yourself as capable of something good and meaningful and satisfying. And then you look at your life and you say, you know what? I keep missing. And so we carry around this baggage of I keep missing. This woman, it's obvious. Obvious to me, anyway, that, that in that society, uh, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't common among young women to aspire to have five husbands. It's like no, wrong, bad. Uh, they aspired to something different. And we miss the mark, too. Everybody carries this baggage. And so if we're talking about somebody whose life has been harmed by abortion, they're carrying baggage, too. And they've got scars, and they've got wounds. And we're in a place where we don't say, well, thank God I'm not that guy. <laughs> right? That's not going to work. Right? We've got, our, we got enough baggage of our own without trying to brag about how we don't have that baggage. And even more than that, when we look at this woman at the well, that's not how she interacted with Christ. And it's, they have this conversation, and, and um, when it's over... She runs to the leaders of her town, the people that she's known, the people that know her and know what's happened with her because she wanted them to know this special story. All right now, let me, let me remind you of our gospel lesson today. It was the disciples going to Jesus and saying, who is the greatest of all? And I've already said, you know, it's not a, it's not a comparison game that you win. You know, you get to heaven. Yay, I had the fewest sins. I'm better than all those people. <laughs> You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. The wretches of the world that go to Jesus and say, oh, my God, forgive me, heal me. They're going to make it. And that's us, right? Let me just tell you, that is you. You're not going to be so foolish as to get there and say, well, I wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Okay, so this woman at the well, when we talk about her next, I want you to think about what Jesus said next to his disciples. It's not a comparison game we're playing here. But if you want to get into heaven, you've got to receive this gospel like you were a child. And I always wonder, what are they talking about? You know, I've got a, a child. Children believe with their whole being and they act out what they believe all the time right now when we're we're far more mature and older and we've learned decorum <laughs> and we've learned decorum because of our failures we know what we're not we know what we wish we were but god wants us to believe in such a way that we can be childlike in this. We can become a child. And I want to tell you, again, I want to go back to this woman at the well. Because this is a funny thing. And this was new to me as I was looking at this. You know, I told you I get sucked into this story. It's, it's short, but it's intriguing, intriguing. It's at a well. I want to point out that it's at a well. And I want to point out that because it is at a well... It matters, and this is why it matters. Where did Isaac get his bride? His father Abraham sent a servant to go to his old country to bring a wife back to him who he prayed at the well and said, God revealed this bride at the well. 
It is the place where marriages begin. It is the place where marriages begin. Where did Jacob get his wife? At the well. Where did Moses get his wife? At the well. What is Jesus doing at a well talking to a Samaritan woman? Proposing marriage. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) There is in that whole conversation a proposal. If you knew who I was, you would ask for living water, and I would give you that water, and it would become a fountain in you. And it would flow out, and you would never be thirsty again. She was thirsty because she kept missing that mark. All of us are thirsty. All of us carry this baggage. All of us carry this grief. We need to be set free. We need this water. We need something to happen. The whole world needs something to happen. When they finished the conversation... The last thing she said was, we know that the Messiah will come and he will explain everything. And Jesus said, I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. And then the disciples came and disrupted everything that was going on. She jumps up and runs away, leaving behind the bucket for her water that she was the reason she went to the well and ran off to the city and said, come and see. Could this be the Christ? Now, she's a grown woman. She's been around the block. She knows who these people are. I don't think she hung out with them much. And when they, when they responded, their first response was, uh, or they, the later response was, they said, you know, when she came to us, we believed what she had to say. But now we believe it because of what we've seen with our own eyes. He is the Christ. She is like this first great evangelist, converted the whole town. (laughs) I don't think she was one of their pals. But I think when she ran off there and she said, come, come and see, that there was something very childlike in her faith and her belief. She was filled with living water. And it flowed out of her like she was a child. And that's what we all aspire to here. And not only just for us. But we want, to, we want to participate in the world in such a way that we can rescue people from the mistakes that they're about to make. We don't want that to be something they have to, to experience, a burden that they need with them. We want to rescue them. So I hope we'll participate in that, continue to participate in that. And we also, we need it in ourselves, Right? We need it in ourselves to know that whatever our baggage is, whatever it is, it's bad enough, and I don't want it, and you don't need it. We need to find a way to come to the well and have that living water, and then we need to find a way to run to the city and tell them. And with that, I'll close and just say how fortunate it is that we are here about to come to the well. Please stand, and let's continue with the Nicene Creed.
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, since Jesus is the way to the Father, let us offer up our requests in his name. That the church will continue to be God's mouthpiece for the sanctity of every human life. Lord, in your mercy, that the culture of death in the world will give way to a culture which respects every life through the power of him who overcame death. Lord, in your mercy, that nations will enact laws promoting the dignity of women, marriage, motherhood, and family. Lord, in your mercy, That those in the pro-life movement who have suffered ridicule, rejection, imprisonment, or loss of personal property will be encouraged by us and mindful of their heavenly reward. Lord, in your mercy, that those who are impoverished, imprisoned, or suffering from natural disaster will be aided by God's people and see him as their refuge and strength. Lord, in your mercy that our children will remain faithful to the gospel and the calling that God has given that God has on their lives. Lord in your mercy for our own special intentions. Lord in your mercy. You are the sustainer of all life. Hear our prayer and give us the grace to proclaim your gospel throughout the whole earth. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of the Lord.
All right, well, good morning. Amen, brother. My name is Eric. Uh, <laughs> I am, in fact, a member here. Uh, we've, been, we've been out for a few weeks, and I was just thinking about what Lewis was talking about. We've been amusing ourselves to death, you know, spending money on amusement parks and sporting events and all kinds of different stuff that's available to us in this Southern California society, right? But I love coming back here for the first time this year and, you know, just for a fraction of what I've spent at some of those other places where I've been, right. I can put money towards something that's much more lasting and much more important, which is this cause. Amen. Yep. And so yep. I did. I jumped on our church website this morning when they told me I was doing this announcement just to make sure it actually worked. It does. You can, go, you can go to the give the give section there on our church's website, and you can give to the CEC for Life, or you can just write a check and write somewhere on there CEC for Life, or you can mail them a check, or wh however you want to do it. I think you can easily figure out a way to give this organization your support. If you don't um, know what a check is, yeah. you can ask me or one of the old guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can send it to them electronically, however it may be. But you know, it's one of those it's one of those things. We don't want to be the good people who are silent Amen. about things That's that are right. important. And so this is, this is a way to make your voice heard and uh, give to something very important. Amen. Um, a couple other announcements. Uh, there's a women's meeting coming up in February. Ladies, put that on your calendar. We just had a men's meeting uh, yesterday. We took down all the Christmas decorations. <laughs> a little late, but we got to it. <laughs> and they're all put away for next year. Um, but yeah, there'll be a women's meeting in February. Try to save the date for that. And also for the ladies, save a date in save May retreat. for your retreat. Amen. All right. That's it. That's it. Uh, you know, it's been interesting this year as we've gone along as, uh, one thing after another, COVID here, COVID there, flu. Um, our bishop was supposed to be in Oklahoma this weekend and he's been fighting the flu for a while or cold, or whatever it is. So pray for him. Uh, he wasn't able to fly out there this week. He's, he's here, but he's not feeling well. And we want to keep him, lift him up in our prayers every day and pray also for his, his healing uh, from this cold, that he would be restored and made well. We want him back here also. Amen. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship, and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Oh, 
believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come, 
because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because, O Lord, you are the creator and giver of life, we as your children eagerly anticipate the revealing of your crowning glory to the entire world. And so with the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup again. He gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ Christ is God. Christ Christ is is risen. And Christ Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, 
Tammy, Maria, Denisa, Mike, McManus family, Matthew, the Lily family, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Alleluia! Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia! Amen. <laughs> Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you, and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food and the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of our souls. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel, that God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you, and God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen.